0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Changes Big and Small. This is your host, Damian. Changes Big and Small will help you take action in your life with intention and purpose. In each episode, I invite you to accept unexpected challenges that will help you make progress to live the life that you want. I've recruited my sister, Shika, to chat with me about relationships at work because we're in different age groups. I'm 14 years older than her. And so I thought it would be kind of nice if we talked about some of what Emily shared in last week's episode, where she talks about how important it is to have a friend at work and how friendships change as we progress in our career. And so the first question I have for us to talk about, Shika, is have you ever had a best friend at work
1: Yes, I did. In the past when I was working in corporate, I was the manager of that location and I promoted another friend into the managing supervisorial position. We would have gatherings once a month. So I'd set up the time for us all to have lunch together on the company. It was just a space where everyone can connect and build rapport with each other. We ended up getting really, really close and to a point when I left that that job, we became roommates. So that was a really powerful relationship. And I do believe that if there's that common interest of work, that there's a lot of ground for you to build those deep relationships with people.
0: Did you become friends at work as well? Yeah. I've been thinking about that since Emily asked me that question last week. And I definitely have made a best friend at work in the past. For me, it's a little bit different because in my career in the past 18 years, I've lived in Canada, India, Sudan, Japan, and now Czech Republic. And so it's true that at different times, I have had what I would consider a best friend at work. It was my best friend That was closest to me, not necessarily the best friend in my life, but the best friend in terms of proximity. The fact that we shared a car, lived right beside each other, worked together, could call on each other for help. Like we had all of those different elements that allows people to build really close relationships. We did have some shared interests. I don't know if we would have been friends in other circumstances, but... Having so much in common at that time allowed us to build a close relationship. We're still friends. We're not as close as we were at that time, but we're still friends and still keep in
1: touch. Mm-hmm. I love that you shared that. When you don't have that common interest, it can change the dynamic of the friendship. When I left, I definitely felt a, a shift. And if it wasn't for you know our interest in whether it's movies or traveling or Various other common interests, I I don't think we would have kept that friendship. As far as what you mentioned about our age gap, I think me growing up with technology, knowing that FaceTime is something that we can rely on and Skyping and all of those things and texting and all these apps that we have, even that common interest of sending, whether it's funny videos, I would travel sometimes, but I would be able to FaceTime and have like a face tea, what I call it when we FaceTime and, and have tea at the same time. I think that allowed us to be friends, but there's definitely people where I worked with where it was just a work friendship and I couldn't see myself hanging out with that person or even like approaching that person if it was a social event to create that effort to make that friendship.
0: That's a good point. What you bring up about just having FaceTime and having all of those other ways of keeping in touch, because I know there were people that I met very early in my career or even when I was in university and also had jobs, that we got along really well. And then they moved, let's say I stayed in Ottawa, they moved to Alberta or something. Telephone calls were not really cheap to make what was considered long distance telephone calls. I definitely didn't have a cell phone then. We wrote letters for a while, we sent postcards for a while, and then we kind of lost touch. And I think if we had had an easier way of keeping in contact, we would have at least kept maybe not tight connections, but at least loose connections even.
1: Yeah. But I think it also comes down to the, the willingness too, because I had a friend named Zoe that we were really, really close as well as her sister. And they decided to move, I think, two years after being friends with them. I was really young, like grade one. And obviously at that time, I didn't have access to a phone. Social media wasn't a thing. And then fast forward to leaving, you know, high school, going to university, Facebook has this thing where they can suggest your friends and they suggested someone that I I didn't recognize. And it just came from my peripheral. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I'd never heard of that person, but we have things in common. And fast forward to a couple of years later, I get a message request from this person and I find out that the things they're sharing is everything that resonates. And I look at the picture and I'm like, oh my gosh. And it just brings this nostalgia of that time when we played together and having those fun, you know, play dates and whatnot. So that's a great example of us getting connected through a time where we have access to that. Do we continue to be friends like we did back in grade one? No. Right. So it's all on the dependence of like, You know, as, as people change your willingness to continue that friendship, if you feel that there's a connection and a common interest, and sometimes there isn't because we go through shifts and changes as humans, but that's a great example of a time when I connected with them, when there was no social media, there was no, you know, ways of connecting through the internet to a time where internet and social media and connecting with the networks is something that we rely on and we didn't continue the friendship.
0: I really hope I get a chance to interview Danielle Walker because she's a friendship coach and she also has a podcast friend forward in one of her episodes. She talked about what it takes to build a friendship and you could read lots of things around that in terms of what number of hours it takes and all of that kind of stuff. But I think we cannot overestimate how much it matters being in the same place as somebody being in the same environment, I think that's what makes it a little bit more difficult in a remote environment to be able to make those close friendships at work. For me, I work remotely and always before as a teacher, as I moved from place to place, there would always be people who were kind of like me. There would always be people who were new to a country, new to a job, looking for friends. And that provided really rich fodder to be able to create close friendships some of my closest friendships now, even, are people that I met in my first year of a teaching job. We were both newbies and looking for people to hang out with. We lived in the same neighborhood we could reach out to each other very easily and often. Mm-hmm. One of them I met her in Prague eight years ago and I just visited her in the u s this summer. We keep in regular contact we're in a book club together. I love traveling with her and we looking forward to our next trip together. Now that I work remotely it's much more difficult to create those types of friendships because you really do have to search for them. You have to have so much more intention. You don't just find yourself in the same place as the other person. I would say that I have created some friendships at work, but those are people that I did manage to meet face-to-face on a meetup where we were able to see each other, where we were able to spend time with each other. And it's difficult to maintain those relationships. We don't come across each other spontaneously we've got to get in each other's calendar we've got to schedule a zoom call or or some sort of occasion for us to chat and then sometimes when we do that at work life gets in the way and somehow it's a lot easier to change a scheduled zoom meeting than it is to change a scheduled get together where you're going to be there in
1: person yeah I do agree I think there's more physical commitment in the sense of like, you know, you need to get ready, you need to get to the cafe. It's like a process of which, you know, canceling that requires on most parts some time in advance. When something comes up, it's so easy for you to say, well, you know, my Zoom with my friend is in 15 minutes, but something came up, right? So I think accountability is a little bit easier to not commit to when we're relying on being online and using these social apps such as FaceTime and Zoom.
0: Yeah, and now it's just occurring to me, like, how can we create that switch? It's the same thing as what I try to do in my personal life. I could just stay on my computer and keep working. If I'm on my work computer, I'm likely to keep working. Some of the habits I built was to switch to my personal computer. And so that's a very concrete action that I can do to help myself change whatever I'm doing. It's a pattern interrupt. But if I'm meeting with a work friend and I'm just going to do it in Zoom on my work computer, then I don't get that pattern interrupt. It's really much easier to say oh I'm in the middle of doing something I'll just finish it and oh we'll meet later we'll meet another time and it's really hard to make that all the time happen because we both end up falling into those patterns and habits
1: I've been using a new technique that I actually don't rely on zoom if it's someone I know in my city What I like to do is I'll find an activity we both enjoy. For example, if I know that day my intention is for a walk and I have that common interest with that friend that I like walking, then our hangouts can be walks. And it creates that activity and that accountability for myself personally, but I'm also getting to hang out with that friend. To me, if it's someone here, say we have another responsibility that's really close to us meeting up, then we bring in Zoom where it still allows us to have that time together. Where that accountability can be harder is when it's friends around the world. Some of my closest friends are in different countries, different places in the world, even though I'm grounded here in in Canada. So I find it hard to to have that commitment and time differences is another thing too. I think because we're so used to getting things easy and just that efficiency of the world is just so much easier for us to cancel things.
0: I just shared that I've had an unconventional experience because I've traveled around so much and that has made it a little bit more challenging to keep those friendships. It has been easy to make friendships during the job as long as we're in the same place. And it has taken, with some commitment, I have been able to maintain some of those friendships. We plan to meet each other occasionally. We keep in touch through FaceTime or Zoom, whatever apps that we have. But now with remote, I'm finding it a little bit more difficult and I haven't quite figured out how to do that well. That's something that I'm, I hope to continue exploring in this podcast in the following episodes. But for you, it's a little bit different because you've had some jobs where you've gone to an office and you've met people and you've made friends and now you're self-employed. Now you work from home. And so you don't have the, that ready-made opportunity to make friends so what does making friends look like for you do you have an opportunity to make friends at work
1: yeah so for me since being self-employed my ways of friendship is either networking events or when I do training for certification so some of my closest people like you said it's like you're the new people and you connect with them. And there's that automatic, we're both new, let's get to know each other. Currently some of my closest relationships and even people I talk to every week, like I have a call with someone every week, which is really nice because even though there's a lot of, glorification on entrepreneurial and like working for yourself and it's more freedom and everything. The one thing that people don't talk about is it's a very lonely experience. It does take care of a certain person who's okay with being alone. And if you aren't okay with being alone, it can be very difficult on your mental health. So for me, I know it's important to me and just the person I am to have someone I can hold space for me. My work is always helping people and mentoring people. So it's nice to have that just light conversation. I've had like a few people from my breathwork facilitation because I'm doing that right now. I've met some people through community events that I've gone through in the city and just having common interests. For example, like aesthetic dancing or meditation or yoga classes and Being able to really connect with them there, it forces you to go outside of your comfort zone to find friendships when you're working on your own. But I think it's required that you do have someone that you can talk to. It doesn't mean they have to be an entrepreneur too, but a friend that can help you as you go through being a leader as an entrepreneur.
0: That's interesting because I didn't actually even think about that. But in the old days, in the early days on Twitter, listen to me sounding so old. But in the early days, back in the day on Twitter, (laughs) when it was, I used to join a lot of conversations, there were lots of education streams happening and conversations. And I actually created some, I would say, light friendships that way. People who I would check out for their responses and who I would reply to and who would reply to me. And when I went to a conference, I would look for them and say hello and that kind of thing. I think professional conferences, professional networking events, we can still kind of consider that making friends at work. Maybe the person is not in your same company or in the same space as you, but those still count as career friendships and be really helpful for providing that support, for helping you stay engaged, for helping you work through things that you're thinking about, providing perspective, all of those things that friends at work do. It also resonates with me what you were saying about how it can be lonely as an entrepreneur. Just last week, I struck up a conversation with, I guess it's a professional friend because we were both teachers in Japan, even though we were not teaching at the same school, And we've met each other at many conferences and she's been on the podcast. I shared something with her on Instagram and she communicated back. And now we've planned a Zoom meeting together, a Zoom conversation together, just because she shared how it's really nice to talk with somebody who is thinking about some of the same things that she's thinking about. You said that you can also have friends that are not entrepreneurs to talk with and help you. That's true. And I also think having people who can relate to some of the things that you're going to, who are interested in some of the same topics some some of the same conversation, it's a very different conversation when you have engagement and excitement from somebody on a similar journey to you or somebody interested in your journey, as opposed to somebody who's trying to be a good friend, but is not so keen on whatever you're talking
1: about. The biggest way of finding a friendship is... Focusing on what, what support do you desire at the end of the day for a relationship? That's something that was a big kind of reminder the last two weeks. Um, I joined this training for next year and it's challenging me a lot. And one of the things that she focused on is how a lot of people focus so much on what they don't have on the climate of what we are right now of feeling that people can't make these friendships, or maybe you've experienced that you've lost some friendships because you've lost touch, you know, that commitment and accountability of zoom calls or putting that extra effort to keep that friendship going. Um, But no one talks about focusing on what you personally desire and can change. So like you said, it doesn't have to be an entrepreneur. Your desire could be talking about a specific Hardship you're going through, and in that relationship, the purpose and the lesson there is to help you through that. I think if we allow ourselves to just have more of a lighter approach to friendship, we'd be able to trust people more through this new medium that we're going through right now, Um, whether that's meeting people at work or meeting someone through a training or a conference. But I have some friendships, like the one that I've had at work that I told you at the beginning of the episode we were super close at work and super close with being roommates and then time went by and she moved to a different city. I was back in the same city. I'm traveling, doing my business and things. We still talk here and there, but not to say we're as close as we used to be. So what she provided was support while I was going through transition of being an entrepreneur. And I'm grateful for that. So I think that's kind of a way that I've been seeing friendship, whether it's at work or in trainings and other ways?
0: I think that's a good point because the circumstances can really indicate the kind of friendships that we're going to have. So in a previous episode, I talked to Ellen and Jeff White, who talked about doing an audit of the people that you spend time with. We all have limited time, so we have to decide who we're going to spend additional time with. And So if you've got friends at work and friends from college and friends from life and friends from the gym, and you've got all of these different friends, they're not all going to take the same amount of time and they're not all going to have the same precedence. They're not all going to be as important to you. And so you're going to have to decide which are the friendships that I value the most. My work friends, even though they're really good friends and we support each other, maybe that happens during the weekday. And maybe the people in my city, that happens on the weekend. So my invitation to you, listener, is for you to do an audit of your own friendships that you've made over your career at work. Are those satisfactory for you? Do you need to change something about them? Mm -hmm. And if you are missing having a friend at work, do an exploration. Do a, a test to see how could you. Create some of those connections? Is there somebody that seems amenable to being a friend that you could reach out to more regularly for a DM? Are there people that you could reach out to have a more open and general chat every once in a while? Could you explore and see who might be open to the kind of friendship? Who else is looking for that kind of friendship that you want as well? And I think it's really hard. I've kind of played around with the idea of when do you actually tell somebody you know what, I want to be your friend. We do that when we're kids, but somehow it's not really something that we do once we become an adult to be so vulnerable and so open
1: about what we're looking for in a relationship. I think that comes down to like the fear of rejection. It brings you back to the playground of what if that kid's like, I don't want to be your friend (laughs) and like triggers someone. I think what I've Done that has helped me express that and let people know that I consider them a friend is I say what I appreciate. Like, I appreciate our time together. Thank you so much for having the Zoom call, or thank you so much for going for a walk with me. I really needed that. And there's just so much stuff that you said that just really resonated with me. So, appreciation is a great way of kind of creating that step of letting the person know that you do see them as a friend. And then when you feel comfortable eventually saying, I'm so grateful to have a friend like you. I think that's a great way of building that vulnerability when you start a friendship at work or at a, an event is, is just building that appreciation for someone and vocalizing it.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And to add to that, I would say, invite the person to meet, to talk, to schedule something regular and see how they respond. And you don't have to be pushy, but you have to at least let your interest be known in establishing some sort of regular opportunity to connect and to create those bonds.
1: I put it a new way of doing it now when I do a Zoom call with someone and it's like our first time chatting. I'm like, you know, I really had fun doing this. Are you available in the future for us to do another Zoom call? And this is kind of the point when you can tune in and see, are they actually interested in chatting or not? It's almost like on a date, essentially. You're like, oh, I want to go on a second date? Same kind of Deal with that. So I try not to put a lot of pressure and just know that disappointment, that word comes up a lot with relationships. You would be disappointed if the person says no, but you would also be disappointed if you didn't ask. So it's what side of disappointment would you want to be as far as friendships or any relationship? That way has allowed me to be more in flow of like, okay, you want to spend time with me? We're friends. We have things in common. Amazing. And then there's other times where, okay, you've given me this much of your energy. Like you said, time is energy and time is money is what maybe a lot of people would say, because we don't get that back essentially. But I think that way just makes me feel much better is like, just don't be fearful of disappointment and rejection and just know that it's an opportunity. And I think that's going to help people just really not be so afraid of making new friendships when you do your audits and see if this person is in alignment of continuing and growing with you.
0: Yes, I like that. I did a survey on Instagram to ask people how close to a best friend they think that their closest friend at work is. This doesn't surprise me. And maybe it is a generational thing. I'm not sure. But I I do think it's true that most people do not have a best friend at work, even though Gallup says that this is a great indicator of people's engagement. In work. My takeaway from this conversation and something that I'm going to do is kind of play around with it, like have fun with it. If you had a great conversation with somebody, then like you said, Shika, it could be, oh, I really enjoyed our chat. I'm available on Thursdays. If you want to do this again, send me an invite. I'd love to. It could be as low key as that where you could be really open and non-pushy to I'd love to meet you again next Thursday. Are you available then? And put the person right on the spot. It depends what's your character, how you like to show up and relate in the world. So you can decide what works for you and play around with it. I think a lot of people are looking for connection. It's unlikely to just be you who's feeling that way. So all you have to do is find your people and you're not going to do that unless you put yourself out there. Oh my goodness, it really does sound like dating advice.
1: No, it's true though. Like I think, like what it's taught me is like how your friendships, even dating too, the more you strengthen that support in your friendships, really making sure you have really intentional friendships, then the more that you'll be able to find that intention in your current intimate relationship and future intimate relationship too. So, see relationships as an overall of like that next step of want to hang out with me or not. If not, that's okay. If yes, that's great too. So. Putting less pressure, I think, is a really big thing, and just seeing what feels good. And I even say sometimes, if I know I can't commit to it, which is a big thing we talked about as well, I would even do, you know, what about like maybe next month? But I'm not sure, my schedule is kind of all over the place. But I put in my calendar because I really want to put that intention and I already put it out there. I'll just let them know, let's touch base, like maybe the first of next month and see if we can do it. It sounds so inviting when you say it that way, as opposed to, oh, like, okay, you don't want to go. Okay. But yeah, just less structure and seeing what feels good to you and communicating that. It's always communication.
0: Shika, thank you for showing up on Changes Big and Small. I have to let you know that Shika and I were just having a sisterly chat and I was like, hey, Shika, I'm recording a solo episode today. Want to come on the podcast and discuss friendships at work with me? And being the great spot that she is, she was like, (laughs) uh, yes.
1: it's like telling someone oh by the way we just want you to come on this radio station in like five minutes and talk about x y and i'm like oh wow okay just nonchalantly dropping it there but it was really fun i really enjoyed it and it was nice just chatting and i hope that you guys got some insight as well listening to our conversation and now you can be a little bit more open and excited to make new friendships which is great Here
0: we go with the greatest and most gratitude Thank you so much. On future episodes, I hope to be able to explore how we can build spontaneity into remote workplaces to help us with our friendships. And how can we get to know people in a remote work environment? Listeners, if you have any suggestions, if you've read something, if you've tried something that has worked, please email in to contact at changesbigandsmall.com to let me know and if you've enjoyed listening to this episode please share it with someone else and I would appreciate a five-star review wherever you're listening links are in the show notes remember change begins with one small step have a great week